Books Do viewers, I have a two-parter for you today, actually for you today, for February, and for March. I'm going to be introducing you to the members and the facilitator, cool word, huh, of the Wilmington Library's Writers Groups, of which there are actually three who knew. And uh, here with me today is Barbara Aleveris, who um, I've known for quite a while, but not in her lofty position as <laughs> facilitator. So Barbara, can you give us a little bit of the history of how uh, writing became enshrined at the Wilmington Memorial Library? Sure. Uh, in 2015, I went to the assistant director, Charlotte Wood, and asked her if there was a writing group or if she'd be interested in starting one. And she said, why don't you run with that? <laughs> well, so did you, were you looking for one for yourself? I was looking for a critique group for myself, but then I began to think about the fact that there wasn't one at all, and I love everyone to write. So we started one and launched one in March of 2015, I think, and it was originally called the Writers Group. And An amazing name. I know. Very, very, very <laughs> challenging to understand what it's about. But let me interrupt you. What's your yeah. background? So you, you enjoy writing. Yes. Do you write as, for a living? Uh, it's part of what I do in my private consulting for I do a lot of marketing and business related writing and I've done a lot of personal writing throughout my time since undergrad up through now. So, so did you have any uh, premonition that you were going to walk into the library and Charlotte was going to say to you, oh, here you are, you do it. Uh, no, that wasn't quite how I anticipated <laughs> it going, but it worked out well. So it was, um, you know, my idea, I guess, and we ran with it and she's been, the library itself has been very supportive. So that's how it started. And so it started out as basically a writer's group. And right. how did you uh, introduce it to the community? How is it sold to the community? Uh, the library has a lot of marketing activities that it does promote new programs and so the library was promoting this program and we just started picking up people and people joined and participated and the group grew and grew and grew. Um, so it wasn't that difficult to actually find people. Apparently there are pockets of you know wannabe and existing writers in town who are interested in putting their hand to paper or fingers to keyboard. I will be asking some of the writers who are going to be with us um, how they became involved and of course since you're here maybe they won't say anything about <laughs> uh, that it's maybe been frustrating or difficult but I'm it is frustrating and difficult I think to write on your own without any uh, feedback and you I, I write short stories here and there and I really don't want to trouble my family with it because they feel like they have to be nice and so how do you deal with the I feel like I have to be nice and I don't want to hurt your feelings you said to me that there's a difference between reviewing and critiquing can you yes. explain that please uh, we consider ourselves a gentle audience and so we usually see things in a pretty raw form they're usually first second draft uh, sometimes we see it all the way through the end, but oftentimes we're seeing, you know, new words on the page. So we've always kind of coached all of the people in the group to be considerate of both the expertise level, level in terms of how long the person has been writing, how well they write, what genre they're in, et cetera, to focus on what works and not doesn't work in the story development versus what you like and don't like from a genre perspective, because we're reading all kinds of different genres, sci-fi, short stories, beginnings of novels. Um, and so we don't want people to get uh, disappointed or demotivated by critiques that might be 
ex, you know, a little above their level of starting writers. So we try to be a big, you know, umbrella to let a lot of people in to do whatever they want. Okay, I'm going to ask you one more question, and then we're going to get to the writers. Okay. Um, how have you seen any hurt feelings? Because I guess if I were to consider coming into a writers group, um, I'd be worried about going home and just crying into my pillow if people didn't think my writing was like the second coming of Norman Mailer or something like that? Uh, we try to prepare both, as I said, the, the critiquers as well as the people re receiving the feedback that it's your piece. People will give you feedback on what they think works or doesn't work, but what you do with that feedback is up to you because you own the work and whatever you're going to do with it. So if everyone has the same feedback about a particular element of your story, it warrants a second look and you may want to dig a little deeper into it, but we really try to be very, as I said, gentle in our language. We, we, don't, we aren't using inflammatory things. It's not I hate this or this really stinks. It's more like this section seemed to drag a little and maybe you'd want to you know, focus on X, Y, or Z. So it really is designed to kind of keep people motivated so that they feel comfortable enough with what they're doing to come back again. And uh, as far as coming back again, do you have openings if any of our viewers should decide uh, that they're intrigued and like to join? We do. We have a fiction critique group that meets on the first Saturday of every month from 9.15 to 11.30 at the library. Um, there are some openings there. We just launched a poetry circle for people who are interested in getting poetry critique, and that meets on the third Saturday of the month. Um, again, 9.15 to 11.30, and then the final group is a creative writing skills group, which really focuses on the technical aspects of writing that meets on the fourth Tuesday of every month at 7 o'clock. And uh, you also have a life outside of this. I do, but I <laughs> love doing this, so that's why I tend to do it. There are some people who are in all of those groups, or some people who are only in one. So wow, I but it's, it's, uh, it's great to have such a variety of writing experiences, yep. and you coach it, and you facilitate it all. I do, and I enjoy it. They're great people. I've made a lot of good friends in that, and I've read a lot of good stuff. So. All right, well, now we're going to meet some of the great people that you've been working with. And I want to thank you for joining me and for um, being, providing such a great service to the people of Wilmington and well, the writers of, and readers of Wilmington. We appreciate getting the opportunity to kind of tell more people about it. So thank right. you for having thank us. Thank you, Barbara. Okay. Hi, Books viewers. We're back. And as Barbara mentioned, she is the facilitator for the Wilmington Memorial Library Writers Group groups because there was once, well, there was one, now there are three. And I'm going to introduce you and chat to and chat with three members of the writers groups. First, sitting next to me is Mark Ryan, who uh, those of you who listen to podcasts on WCTV, Mark's will be a familiar voice. Next is Jeff Higgs. Jeff is an alum of the group, so he's kind of graduated from the group. And we are interested to hear about the impact of the group on your writing life. And um, all the way, my opposite in more ways than one <laughs> is Larry Sanford, who uh, politically we are uh, on opposing sides, but I think we really enjoy each other's company and challenging each other. So um, I'm going to ask each of you in turn what brought you to the writers group. Mark? Well, I was looking for an uh, avenue to express my uh, interests in writing and uh, also to get some critiques on uh, some of my writing activities. So uh, I saw the advertising in the, at the library and I thought it would be a great uh, 
group to, to join and not only for myself but to listen to some of the other writers and see how uh, their lives are going uh, regards writing. Because writing can be a, a lonely task, mm -hmm. can it? So sure, sure can, yes. And so nice to hear how others are struggling. <laughs> and how about you, Jeff? Um, well, I, I guess I'll blame my wife. <laughs> oh, sure, they always blame the wife. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what had happened was I had decided to resume writing after about a 30-year hiatus. I hadn't written anything. And um, my wife knew that I was starting to write again, and she said to me, gee, I saw this um, marketing piece from the library. They're going to be starting a writer's group. I think you should go. And I, I really had mixed feelings about it um, and pretty much decided almost the, the night of the first meeting to go. And I went and I met the people in the group and we had a, we had a lot of fun on that Saturday. So I decided to uh, What gave you the mixed the feelings? What was your hesitation? Well, I, I guess I wasn't sure how committed I was to doing my writing. And I was really, at that point in time, um, planning to just write for myself. So I really, the idea of sharing it wasn't anything that was a, a motivating factor for me. That's, that's interesting. That I'm going to hold on to your write for yourself idea for a minute. And actually, I'm going to turn that over to Larry. So Larry, you're writing a memoir that my understanding is, is based on your work life. And you had an unusual career. Yes. I, uh, I, it inspired me is that I belong to an association called the uh, AFIO, which is an association of former intelligence officers. And there was a guest speaker there who was a retired CIA guy who gave a great presentation, talked about his book. And I said, gee, you know, I, I had some interesting experiences, not that resulted in any clandestine work, but it was interesting in what I did. And so I said, I think I can put together a book about why I joined the CIA and why I resigned from the CIA. I was there for four years. And when you make decisions in your life, it's based on who you are, your genes, your environment, your education, your family. And so I thought it might be interesting to describe my background as to how I got to the stage in 1967 after I finished my graduate school, as to why I joined the agency and why four years later I left. Hmm. So I finished it, the draft, and now I'm doing the editing. Okay, so at um, what stage, when you joined the group, had you, had you started? No, I uh, actually, Robert Hayes led me to you <laughs> in the discussion group with Keith West. And so I started coming, and I live in Tewksbury. And so I came down here and I got a hold of some in the, the newsletters and stuff. And then I saw the writing group. I says, well, maybe I'll put it all together. So that's how I joined the writing group is because I joined the political discussion group where you and I discuss things. Where we met <laughs> and clashed and shook hands and agreed uh, to be friends. So, Jeff, you, I understand, are a or have had articles published in magazines? Yes, I have. <coughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your publications? Um, yeah, at this point, um, I'd say in the last year and a half, I've had about 25 uh, items published. Oh, excuse me, I have oh. to lift my chin up <laughs> off the table. 25! I've been very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. Very nice. And. Um, out of, out of those, I would say um, probably about f four or five have been reprints of, of short stories that 
have been published now multiple times in various magazines and journals. That so fiction and nonfiction? Um, I write exclusively uh, fiction, short really? stories. So can you tell us a little bit about the submission process? Because I think, um, you know, writers write, may write for themselves, but they also hopefully write to be published. So. Mm -hmm. the, um, the submission process really comes down to, I think, first of all, <coughs> becoming familiar with resources that can provide you with information about the various magazines and journals that are available. Um, the Review Review is a very good resource. Uh, Duotrope is another very good resource. And uh, Poets and Writers also. All of those resources have databases that you can actually um, access to obtain some basic information about magazines and things like that. And they also typically have links to the magazine's uh, sites. Um, what I would usually do is uh, read the information that they have in one of those resources to try and see if they are publishing the type of uh, material that I, that I write. If so, I would go to the site, um, usually um, read the about section that they have there, and then read the information that they have in the submission section because different, uh, different Publishers have different requirements. Some want a certain font. Some, some may want whatever you submit to be blind, i.e. not to have your name printed on uh -huh. it anywhere, that type of thing. So you really need to see what their submission requirements are. And then typically it's a matter of submitting your work along with a, a cover letter. So blind submissions, that's interesting because um, I had a guest on a few, uh, few months ago who was an oboist, a professional mm -hmm. oboist, and we talked about the blind auditions yeah. that, may, that orchestras finally agreed to do um, because they were only, you know, if it was a, an orchestra and the auditioning uh, heads of that section were white males, they tended to pick white males. Mm -hmm. and. Um, so I like the idea. I think that's interesting, the idea of a blind submission. But in, in, within a blind submission, are you asked about like anything about your background? You don't, don't say whether you're a man or a woman? Or what, what, they, what those magazines typically will do is they want you to submit your work with no, without your name or anything else on it. So it's usually just the title of the piece and the piece itself. And those magazines also usually will not read your cover letter information or your bio or anything else until after they've read your submission and that way they're able to more objectively decide what they what they feel what they think about the work mm -hmm. and usually it maybe goes through a, a couple of rounds of of readings and reviews before they would in fact look at your information to, uh, but by then, I'd say usually they've pretty much decided that they're going to go ahead and publish it. Have they ever, like, I, I, it sounds like you don't have an editor, so you, you do your own editing? That's correct. So have you ever had them give you like a conditional acceptance where they say, well, we'd like to have this, but you know, the third paragraph is like way too long or? Yes. Um, I've, I've had that happen a couple of times. And in fact, I've, I've been working on something recently where I submitted it and the editor sent me a letter back and what she said was that she really liked the idea of the piece, but she thought it would work better if I wrote it in first person as opposed to in ah. third person. And, um, and then 
she also talked about some structural changes that she thought would be required to pull that off. So I wrote her back and said, gee, I think that's an interesting idea. Um, I think I'll try and give it a shot. So I have, in fact, uh, been working on that piece. That sounds very encouraging. I think yeah. that's great mm. that they would do that rather than just give you, you know, a flat-out rejection. Yeah. Now, mm. Mark, you are self you you are self-publishing. Yes. And uh, that how is that experience as far because you really have control, complete control. You'll never have <laughs> someone other than you coming back at you and going, oh, "I need to rewrite that." True. 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 So. Um, I was just interested in having a, uh, a physical copy of some of the things that I was writing. So uh, I thought I would uh, send in my manuscript to a couple of publishers and see what they thought. But my first uh, go around was with uh, Lulu.com and then later with uh, Kindle and then later with Amazon. So basically you just write your manuscript, you put it into a format that is acceptable to them and you send it in and they basically publish whatever you send them. So there's no uh, real uh, rejection or editing or preferences. It's just they'll publish whatever you send them. Uh, you then, uh, they then put it into a digital uh, copy of your final book and you can actually uh, edit your book online and turn pages oh. online. So you actually physically, almost, physically know what your book is gonna look like because you can look at each, so if it's a 300 page book that you have, manuscript that you've sent them, you then get a digital copy online and you can flip through all of the pages. And it's important to do that because for some reason, one of the pages may not fit uh. on a because of margins, and so you have to make adjustments. So you kind of have to be a writer, an editor, and a publisher all at the all same at time. All at once, yeah. And now, Larry, let's go back to the writers' group for you. So, um, once you started attending the group, how did how did you feel about your first your first the first time you were critiqued? How did well? It's really not a critique item. Uh, it's really, Barbara is the facilitator and she does a great job and she brings in different people to talk about different avenues like self-publishing. She gives critiques in, on how you write the book and so forth. But as far as my submission of what I've actually written, it has not been seen by anybody in the group. None of it? No. So, so how, so that then writing is kind of, so you've got the social part where you do speak to other people, hear ideas. Are you critiquing other people's no, work? No. So that's a different group. Okay. So yours, what your group is called? Which one? The writing group, and as, as Barbara mentioned, it's more along the lines of techniques. Okay. We've had people come in and talk about uh, self-publishing, whether to go self-publishing. So I'm it's more of an instructional. Precisely. Okay. And, and I'm I'm wrestling with that issue right now. Do I try to dig up an editor? I have to get the CIA to finally give the write-off on it because I signed a lifetime contract. And how, now that's, I was gonna ask you about that because how many levels of approval does that have to go through? Oh, I, I don't know the process. I've, I, sometimes I apparently, I can't believe it's gonna be an issue, it was 50 years ago and I really didn't do anything. No. Yeah, but Watergate um, was 50 years ago. Yeah, so. But I mean, there's been so much published anyways. But I don't know, it's a government bureaucracy. I don't know what's gonna happen. Uh, so I have to have, 
that's coming down the road too. So. so have you edited it to the point where you really think like, I've, I've scraped this as cleanly as I can? Well, we're in the process of that. I'm using my wife who's got a master's degree and my sister who's a retired professor. So they're doing the final crossing of the T's oh, and dots. You're, kind of, you're lucky. You, well, you're lucky, and you're, I don't know if yeah. you're lucky. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to involve. I'll sh I show my daughter um, my short stories that I write, but I don't show my husband because somehow I just don't. I don't think he's the right audience, I um, guess. Is, well, is they're both very smart, so it, it, and their observations have been helpful. So. They're, they're, they're about halfway through the book, so. What was, what was the uh, one thing that they told you that, that you were surprised about? Oh, you <laughs> ramble. <Okay. laughs> so, so, but you're not, a, you're not a speaking rambler. You don't, you know, no. you don't go on and on forever, but maybe you do on the page. I didn't think I rambled on page either, but they did. So ah, okay. <laughs> the shorter is better when you're writing, which seems to be the consensus, so. Okay, so Jeff, who do you consider your ideal reader, or who who do you other oh. than writing for yourself? <laughs> yes. Who do you feel would be interested in reading your writing? Um, what I've been trying to do in in my writing is um, I really try to very often present things from the perspective of an African American. Um, you know, how a specific situation um, might be perceived by uh, a person of color or how they might feel about various things. And so, uh, but, th but I wouldn't say my audience is limited to that. I, I really try to write pieces most of the time that I hope will be thought-provoking while also being entertaining, I guess is what I'd say. Which is... Uh not always an easy combination because what you know what makes you think isn't always you know sometimes it can feel like an assignment or schoolwork mm -hmm. so that's a great I think that's a great combination to to strive for so Mark now you have um, how did you start in with the group had you had you self-published anything before you joined the library group yes I, ha I had uh, so uh, just but to answer a question that uh, was posed to Larry, I belong to another section of the writers group, which is called the critique group. Right. And we critique each other's work. So each month we send in a certain amount of our current novels, and then the different people in the group will read them and then tell, uh, say what they think about that particular one. But getting back to your question, um, I had published. Uh, before I joined the writers group. I had belonged to a group of uh, retired men and we uh, were called the Romeos, retired old men eating out. <laughs> and uh, so we met once a month and uh, we uh, enjoyed each other's company. We met and went to lunch. And uh, then I, I was sort of the unofficial secretary and was writing down uh, a blog on what we had, where we had eaten, what we had done, what we talked about. And some of the men's, men said, gee, that's interesting. Why don't you write a book? So at that point, I uh, <coughs> decided that I would be make those blogs uh, fictional. And uh, since we were all science, retired science teachers, uh -huh. I put a science uh, 
piece into each of the stories. So some of the stories have to do with climate change, volcanoes, uh, things like that. And so how, how do the Romeos enjoy seeing themselves on well, the printed I, page? At first, I didn't know whether they would uh, be interested in seeing their names, but I did change their names. Uh, they can recognize themselves, uh -huh. but, but their names are slightly changed so that... To protect the innocent. Protect the, the innocent, right? yeah. <laughs> and the more and more I wrote about them, at first I wrote their first and their uh, jumbled up last name, and then later I decided to take out the last name and just call them by their first names, and that was a little easier to... And you've uh, had written two Romeo books so far or more? Uh, three now, three, three books, and uh, actually uh, two Romeo books and one non-Romeo non book. Ah, a non-Romeo, okay. Uh, yes. Juliet? No. <laughs> 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 no Juliet, but they're all contemporary <laughs> issues. That's what it, it has to do with what I see interesting in the paper. So if I read the newspaper and I say, oh, gee, that's an interesting Rip from the headlines. Yeah, huh? rip from the headlines. All right, now I have to ask each of you in turn, when you're reading strictly for pleasure, Larry, what, what do you enjoy reading? What's, what, what's stacked up on your nightstand? Mostly it's uh, nonfiction. And I try to get in 15 to 30 minutes a day of Shakespeare. And, uh, Tragedies, and comedies, histories, whole, everything. All of them. <laughs> and in, in order? No, no, what happens, I, ha I have a, like a little books and then the ones I don't have, I go to the library and pick them up there. And there's no big demand for them, so I have them basically for 90 days. All right, nobody's, nobody's <laughs> knocking <laughs> on your door yeah, saying, yeah. bring that book back to the library. Yeah. So in, is that... So it's Shakespeare plus or basically Shakespeare? Oh, no, it's 15 to 30 minutes a day. And then I have other books that I read, uh, mostly uh, nonfiction. I, uh, I've got on order, for example, Imperial Hubris Political History. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what I like to read. So uh, are you going to grab Fire and Fury or Hell and High Water or whatever? I, I don't think, I, I don't buy, I shouldn't say this, I don't buy books, that's what libraries are for. I couldn't agree with you more, I couldn't agree with you no, more. No, that, that's not on my agenda. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Jeff? Um, well, I, I read a lot of different writers. Um, I'll, I'll read short story collections, I'll read short stories that are published in various magazines to try and get a feeling for the types of short stories that a particular magazine is looking for in publishing. Um, novelists, I'll, I read a fair number of murder mysteries. Uh -huh. I like uh, Louise Penny's uh, work. Uh, I'll read Jody Picole, um, Holly Robinson, who's, who's been um, one of my writing mentors. Um, I always read Holly's book and that's not Holly Robinson Pete, is it? No. Oh, okay. Because um, there's a movie star, yes. Holly Robinson Pete. But I, I, I was going to say, if she wrote too <coughs> well, there's a. I read Holly's threat. books, uh, really, to try to decipher what she's doing. Because since I know her, she's a person I can then, uh, you know, engage in a conversation about why'd you do this or that type of thing. Ah, so it's all right. really well, helpful. So I'll have to add her to my list. Yeah, and how about you, Mark? Uh, a variety of things. I, I read a, a lot the newspaper, magazines, but then I do have a stack of, of uh, paperbacks that I get from the library or to, from the book uh, library next door 
or from uh, even from the senior center, uh, there's a, a library of books there, so I'll pick out some or I'll go to the regular library. And uh, most of the, the books that I re like to read are mystery fiction. So uh, I, I read uh, James Patterson, for instance. That's the type of book that I, I read or, or any of the authors that are similar to him. Uh, recent, uh, currently, I'm reading The uh, Woman's Murder Club, ah. which is uh, interesting. Uh, See, you know, he's written several books with that group in, in it, so it's interesting how they uh, take clues and figure out. Well, we always said at the library that if we want to get men to uh, come to the library for authors' readings, it has to be history or mystery. So <laughs> you three have all proved that out. So I'm sorry that we're out of time, but I'd like to thank all three of you for joining me on Book Stew today. And um, Book Stew viewers, Thank you very much for tuning in, and uh, please don't hesitate to come to the library either to take out books or to write your book. Thanks, and have a good night. Thank you.